0: I love the colourful clothes she wears And the way the sunlight plays upon her hair I hear the sound of a gentle mood On the wind that lifts her perfume through the air I'm picking up her vibrations Well, isn't somehow that
1: fun. Thought we'd play some Beach Boys in this podcast, maybe a little Donald Fagan thrown in here for good measure, uh, because this is the Swimming and Hot Potting podcast in Yellowstone National Park, and I thought we'd play some... Fun music that's kind of fits the mood of going and swimming and hot potting in Yellowstone National Park So, threw in a little Beach Boys in there for you guys So, welcome to the 2024 season for Explore Yellowstone Like a Local The number one podcast for Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks And home to the top rated guidebook of the same name And I'm your author as well as your host for this and all the other podcasts and videos, Teddy Garland. And this podcast is going to gloss over the swimming and hot potting chapter that is in the guidebook. And my little swimming and hot potting chapter in my guidebook has now become the gold standard for swimming and hot potting in Yellowstone Park because a lot of the areas have been washed out or closed where they recommend you go swimming And we're getting ready to get in all that But first, let's kind of cover all of our bases before we get started with this thing The guidebook has been called the best guidebook ever written for Yellowstone Park And a must-have for any trip to Yellowstone and even the Bible for Yellowstone Park So, for those of you that want to go swimming and hot potting in Yellowstone Park And you're thinking about getting a guidebook for your Yellowstone vacation And you want some more information Simply listen to my introduction to Explore Yellowstone Like a Local Pot podcast. Or you can watch my YouTube video of the same name, which kind of has a shortened version of it, and there you'll hear about my family's over 100-year history in the parks, and we're getting ready to get into some of that here, and how I am one of the foremost authorities in Yellowstone Park, and I am probably the foremost authority on swimming and hot potting in Yellowstone Park, baby, because I've done it all, I promise you, and I keep doing it all. I do it all every year. So, And you'll also learn how easy the guidebook is, is to use, how it gives you step-by-step step instructions so you can self-guide your family through the park and how it breaks the enormous size of Yellowstone Park down into manageable bites that you can easily and enjoyably do in a single day. And in the planning your Yellowstone vacation chapter, you will learn how to save thousands of dollars on your Yellowstone vacation by following my money-saving tips on flights, lodging, and dining. And I highly recommend... All of you who are listening to this podcast, join our Explore Yellowstone Like a Local Facebook group where you will see hundreds of sparkling reviews of the guidebook as well as thousands of pictures that you guys have posted of you guys having a great time swimming and hot potting in yellowstone park with the help of the guidebook and i'm telling you guys i get you guys to the best of the best places and you guys post videos and pictures of you guys swimming in all these great places i'm telling you guys i'm going to get you guys into hot pots i'm going to get you guys into waterfalls with thermally heated water poured all over you i'm going to get you in mr. Bubbles, the largest hot pot on earth. I've seen people have weddings in Mr. Bubbles. It's that big. So I'm going to get you to the best of the best of the best places you can go swimming and hot potting in Yellowstone Park. And you can't do this stuff anywhere else in the world. And that guidebook gets you to all of them dad and i've swam in all of them and i'm keep swimming in all of them so all right to get your copy simply go to our website explore yellowstone like a where you can get an electronic copy for only 12 bucks or a paperback copy for 25 bucks and i write a personal note to everyone who buys one of those and i throw in a cool yellowstone sticker as well and we have some combo deals on there that are very very popular and we have a store on there where you can guys get some cool swag some Truckers' hats, bucket hats, t shirts, all kinds of fun stuff on there. And be aware that the guidebook is 20% longer than it was in the 2023 season. And a few of those items were in the swimming and hot potting chapter. I added, I think, three new locations for you guys to go hot potting and swimming in Yellowstone Park because a couple of the main swimming areas have been closed. And we're getting ready to discuss that with you guys. And be aware, for those of you that want a paperback copy of the guidebook, we only print off a 1,000 paperback copies every year to do our part to help save the environment. You are visiting the world's most famous national park, albeit so. Just do your part as well. So anybody that wants a paperback copy, get it ordered. And if you're picking up on these podcasts and you happen to already be up there, be sure and go by West Park Outdoors or the Book Peddler in West Yellowstone, and they should have a copy available for you. But be aware, we sold out about August 10th of last year of paperback copies, and a lot of you guys were. Trying to buy one in August, and we didn't have any left. We were just didn't have any left, and you guys were all pissed off and everything else. And it's like, man, I'm sorry. We had that were if you can get electronic copy as long as you want, but you know those paperback copies will go by probably the end of July this year with our rise in popularity. So let's get started with this really really fun podcast. But remember, this is just a gloss over of a pretty good sized chapter that's in the guidebook. In the guidebook, I tell you where these hot pots are, where you need to park, where the trail is, Where you're going, how far it is To the hot pot and all that information If I put all that information In this podcast, this podcast would be Four or five or six hours long So we're going to just do a quick gloss Over of these different hot pots And everything and kind of discuss some History of the hot potting in Yellowstone Park And all that stuff So let's get rolling with Swimming and hot potting in Yellowstone Park And let's crank up some more music Across the USA
0: talking about like california you see them wearing their baggies we're sandals too a bushy bushy blonde hair, serving usa you'll catch them serving it outside you
1: all the parents in the car and they're rocking out. All the kids are going, "What kind of crap is this?" <laughs> you know. Yeah, we'll play some more Beach Boys in here in a second, man. It's kind of fun, man. I kind of like doing that. Probably get sued by Brian Wilson. I've got a great Brian Wilson story up at Capitol Records in Hollywood. Boy, I should probably tell that story, but I don't know if I will or not. Probably get really sued for sure then. So, all right. So let's get started with swimming and hot potting in Yellowstone Park. So, all right. So first things first. Uh, on the national Park Service website, up until the 2022 season, there were two places that they recommended you go swimming, and that was down at Roaring Springs between Mammoth and Gardner, and then up at the Firehole Swimming Area, which is just south of the Madison Junction, like you're driving towards Old Faithful. So let's cover what happened to the Roaring Springs area. And the Roaring Springs area was very popular with people on the north side of the park that were staying in Gardner or up on that end. And it was just a great big hot pot. They had a, the Gardner River came down through there and everybody had piled up rocks to kind of keep the cold water out. And these hot springs poured this cold water in. This thing was probably two or three hundred feet long. And this hot water was pouring in there, and then people would just adjust the, the rocks to let in more cold water in from the Gardner River, and God, you would see hundreds of people down through there all summer long swimming and hot potting in these different pools that they had created along the Gardner River. However, during the winter of 2021 and into the spring of 2022, Yellowstone Park received the third highest snow total in park history, and I believe it was 17 feet, and a lot of that came really, really late in the season, like February and March and April. They've got a ton of snow, and I I normally get into my cabin the first 10th or 12th of May. And I had a buddy of mine go out to my house, and I can usually drive right to it, say May 1st or May 5th or 6th or something like that. He sent me a picture of the road going to my cabin right outside of Yellowstone Park, right on the Madison River. My house looks out over the boundary of Yellowstone Park. And he took a picture of his truck, and the snow was six feet taller than his truck. And that was on May 7th. It's like, wow. So, yeah, I had to change my plans and push back a few days, and then we got a lot of good weather, and the snow melted off. And But there was still a lot of high snow in the elevations around Yellowstone Park, and we got some warm weather uh, about May 20th or 21st, I believe, and it rained all night, and the combination of those two things created the historic floods of 2022 that ravaged Yellowstone Park. And during those floods, the Gardner River broke over its banks and wiped out the road going from Mammoth to Gardner and, needless to say, wiped out the Roaring Springs swimming area down there as well. So it is just gone. It just got obliterated off the face of the earth. And so will somebody go down there and hike down there? The road now is about... half a mile west of there. They got the road replaced really quickly, but they didn't replace it in the same spot. They moved it over on the old Stagecoach Road that ran from Mammoth down to Gardner back in the day. And the road is now way, way over there. And I don't think you can even get in there. I don't think the Forest Service is going to ever allow people to go back in there. Will some adventurous hot potters go back in there and try to get in there? Maybe. But will the Forest Service allow it? I would bet not, so I'm not sure how that's all going to get handled, but for right now and the foreseeable future, the Roaring Springs swimming area is gone. The other area is the Firehole swimming area just south of Madison Junction on the road from Madison Junction down to Old Faithful. Now, the Firehole swimming area is still there. Nothing happened to it and everything else, and let me give you a little history of the Firehole swimming area. My family has been swimming in the Firehole swimming area since the 1920s. My grandfather, Fred, took my dad and his two brothers swimming there when they were little kids. Back in the 1920s, and they kept swimming there every year, year after year after year, until my dad and his two brothers got older and started having their children, i.e., me, and they started taking us there. And it's just continued on year after year after year. We have been swimming at the Firehole swimming areas for over a hundred years, and I've been swimming there since the 1960s. And back then, it was really, really different than it is now there was no staircase going down leading you down to the the area there was a real steep rocky face you had to climb down to get down there to it and it was really a lot of fun we would be swimming down in there there'd be if a a busy day there would be 10 or 12 people down there and we'd be down there swimming in the fire hole swimming area and people would drive by and you know roll down their windows and yell down at us is the water cold and we'd go yeah it's just freezing and they'd drive by thinking we were nuts but the water's not cold it's warm it's about 88 90 degrees 92 degrees kind of depending upon how much snow melt's going into the river right through there and so you could go do it anytime you wanted. Anytime the park was open, you could go swim at the Firehole swimming area. So, lo and behold, you know, the Park Service sees all of us locals down there. God, we'd have friends drive up from Jackson Hole, the Allen family. the D- Dick Allen and his wife were good friends with my dad, and I was good friends with their kids. And Dick Allen was the perpetual mayor for 25 years down in Jackson Hole. But we all hung out together, and we they'd get a day off doing whatever they were doing down there, and it'd be a pretty day, a hot day day. And so we would all meet at the fire hole swimming area. And that was a busy day. There'd be about six or eight of us and about six or eight of them. And, you know, that'd be a busy day at the fire hole swimming area. So along 1985, the Park Service always saw us down there screwed around, cliff jumping, going down the rapids, you know, we picked up all the rocks that were in the the basin right down through there, this big open smooth area down there. We picked up all the rocks and carried them all down there to the end and kind of created this natural dam. You know, my dad did it with his brothers for years, but you know, you'd find a rock or kick a rock underwater and go, dang it, you know, you'd pick the thing up and walk downstream and you kind of dumped them down with all these other rocks that, you know, my parents and all the other locals had stacked down Down there and it kind of created this flat swimming area and so that's the fire hole swimming area you see today is this big flat smooth area you know my family helped create that thing and so around 1985 or so the park service goes hey these guys got a really good idea this looks like a lot of fun and so they closed the area for a season they widened the road they put in restrooms they put in a big parking lot down there down the road a little bit in the trees and what they did was is they opened up the area to people that didn't or shouldn't be cliff jumping down there because what we had to do before then was there was this really steep rocky face that I kind of mentioned earlier And it was really difficult to get down. You had to really work hard to get down this rock face. I mean, it knocked out 99% of the people that weren't physically fit enough to be down there because they couldn't get down that rock face. You couldn't get little kids down there. You couldn't get... You know, elderly down there or whatever, or somebody that wasn't really physically fit that could climb over his really steep rock face. I mean, this thing is almost vertical, and it dropped down pretty good, so you really had to work hard. I mean, to get food and stuff down there, a cooler, we used to tie a ski rope onto the handle of a cooler and slide that cooler down that rock face, and somebody down at the bottom would grab it. I'm telling you, that is how hard it was to get up and down this rock face, but that knocked out 99% of the people right there. So when the Park Service did all this stuff and you know wanted to invite the general public to come do this, which is fine, it's all well and good, but here's what happened. They built this staircase down through there, right over the rock face and right over all the rocks you had to climb down through there to get down there, and basically opened up the area to, to anyone and everyone. And so what happened was, God, we got there the year that thing opened up, and you know we drive up there and if we saw five people down there. You know, we knew most of them. Some of them would be rangers. Rangers would be down there swimming with us that had the day off. And so we get down there and I pull up there and I go, oh my God, look at all the people. There had to be 500 people down there. And it's like, oh my God, look at all the people in line to jump off the cliffs and i go my my little kids going wow where where did all these people come from dad and i go oh my god i just and i knew right off the bat i said this is not going to end well you know, there's guys out drinking beer out in the middle of the river sitting out there, beer cans floating down the river, and everything else It's like, oh, no, 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 this is not good. And so I pulled up, and there's a ranger parked there, and I knew the guy. And I looked, went over and talked to him, and he goes, God, Teddy, he goes, what, what is going on? And I said, Oh, my God, this this is going to be a train wreck. This is not going to end well. And he goes, yeah, he goes, we've already had some people get hurt. This was day one. So we get out there, we find a spot down there. There's normally, you know, you could go anywhere you wanted and throw down a, a blanket and, or some towels and jump in the water and put your cooler and everything right there. God, you that was just, people were just jostling in there, towels laying on top of each other and everything else, like, oh my gosh. So we go get in line to go, cliff jump. My kids go up the rapids. There's some little rapids we're going to discuss here in a second. You can jump in and come down. And so I get in line to go jump off one of the small cliffs. I wanted to swim across and get off the big 40 footer. There was about a 15 footer, 20 footer, and then about a 40 foot cliff you could jump off of into this big hole down through there. So we were in line to jump off this cliff. We never had to wait in line in my life to go jump off one of these cliffs. There was 10. 12, 15 kids in front of me, and everybody's jumping off, but they're having to wait for all the kids coming down the river through the rapids into the hole where they're jumping so they didn't jump on anybody. I was just looking around, going, Oh my gosh. So finally, I get up to the front, people are jumping in, and there's a little girl in front of me. She's probably ten years old. And her mother is sitting down there on the ledge. There's a clear cut ledge where the hole starts with the swimming area. It was almost twenty feet deep, really smooth and calm. Jump in there, get up, swim over, get out, go jump off again, go go to the other one of the other cliffs and jump off. And so her mother's down there you know, come on, honey, jump off, just right where that little boy did and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sitting there in front of this little girl. And I said, honey, just jump out right there where that kid did, right, right out there. He, he's out there swimming around. He's kind of splashing the water. I guess it was her brother or something. And I said, just jump right towards him. Well, she panics. She jumps in this four inches of water. Her mother is sitting with her legs over the edge where the hole is and lands in that four inches of water and breaks her leg. And just screaming and crying and screaming and freaking out. And her mother's going, I can't believe they let people do this. This is so dangerous and all this crap and everything else. My buddy, the ranger comes down there and I go, Man, she just she jumped right over here in this four inches of water. You clearly see it's only three or four inches deep, but she panicked and tried to jump down to her mother, and broke her leg. Jumped off a fifteen foot rock face and into four inches of water and broke her leg, and she's just freaking out, you know, and rightfully so. And so it took about two weeks for the Forest Service to figure out that they had made a grave mistake to allow all of these people down there. And let them go cliff jumping. So after basically a hundred years of cliff jumping being allowed at the Firehole swimming area, it took less than two weeks for the Forest Service to shut that down, and it is still shut down today. And I think it sucks because I loved cliff jumping off all those cliffs. It was a ball. But you've got people down there that weren't their parents didn't teach them how to do it. Their parents weren't there. They're they're just inundated with people that, and they allowed everybody to get down there that wasn't physically fit before to get down there by building that staircase. So they shut it down. It, cliff jumping is now illegal. But when you go there, if you go swimming at the fire hole swimming area, you're going to see people doing it all every day until that ranger pulls up. And that ranger is going to pull up and start dishing out $250 tickets for doing it. So if you get there and you see people doing it, They're going to get a ticket. They're going to get in trouble. The problem is is somebody starts doing it, and then everybody wants to come do it because it's fun. It's a ball, man. It's an absolute blast to go jump off the cliffs into the hole right there. But because of that, the problems of people getting hurt and breaking legs and all this stuff that don't know what they're doing and aren't, or aren't physically fit enough to tolerate jumping in a 15 or 20 or 40 foot cliff, that's a big, big bite for somebody that's not physically fit enough to handle it. Or if they land wrong or something like that, they're going to break ribs and everything else. They, they, then they're going to get really hurt. And I think in that first two weeks, I heard from a ranger buddy of mine that they had hauled out. Over a dozen people with serious injuries—broken legs, broken ribs, broken arms. So yeah, it was just—it was a train wreck. It was just a train wreck, and it was really sad because it had you know been open for a hundred years. It was ridiculous. But anyway, that's the way it is now cliff jumping is now closed. You can't do it. You're going to see people doing it. And if you risk doing it, if you want to go do it and the ranger pulls up over there and parks over there in the designated spot parking spot for that ranger. And he can see right at those three cliffs and then you're going to get a $250 ticket for doing it. And if you do it more than once, you're going to end up going in front of the magistrate and ended up getting a bigger fine, or a ban from the park, or even a stint in jail. So that's how serious they are about cliff jumping over there. So, so that's a little history of the the firehole swimming area. And I'll tell you, after they did that, after they you know opened it up to the general public, my cousin Freddie, we were all just still kids, but he was just a hellion man. He did crazy stuff all the time. So. After it got opened up to the general public, what Freddie would do, he had this brainstorm idea. We would get a bunch of kids over at Staley Springs over on Lake Henry's, where I grew up as a kid, about 15 miles outside of Yellowstone Park. We would gather up a bunch of kids. We're going to say, hey, we're all going to the fire hole tomorrow. Who wants to go? And about 15 kids would go, well, yeah, we do. Well, Freddie's the only one had a driver's license. We'd jump in this old 65 travel law we had. We'd have just kids dogpiled in there, and their parents would give them some lunch. And so Freddie, as we're driving through West Yellowstone, would stop at old Herc's Hardware over there, and he'd grab a bunch of lunch money off the different kids. He'd go in there and buy a big-ass padlock. And so we would go into the park and go over to the Firehole swimming area early in the morning, go through the gate, and Freddie would park, and he'd run back there and close the swing gate. You guys will see that swing gate when you're driving up Firehole Canyon Drive. He'd go back there and throw that padlock on that. Swing gate, and then we'd drive up there, park, go swimming. You know, we'd have the whole place to ourselves till about noon or one, till they could find a set of bolt cutters big enough to cut that padlock off. And so, Fred, don't, of course, don't do this now. But you know, Freddie was all pissed off because all these people were down there now, and were, all of us were. But you know, and it's like, but everybody was getting hurt, so they closed it off to cliff jumping. But we could go cliff jumping and all that stuff until the Ranger showed up about noon or one after they cut that padlock off so god we would do that all the time too when we went in there if we were going to the fire hole he was buying a padlock you know every time that ranger came through there and he'd go i'll put the padlock on the damn gate," you know and freddie the only adult in the group would go i don't know you know it's open when we came through he thought i have no idea don't know what you're talking about and all this kind of stuff he was just a hellion so but anyway so the rest of the skinny on the fire hole swimming area is that it opens up on the July Fourth weekend, give or take a few days. They want to let the water flows drop down. So, and here's here's kind of another little weird deal about the Firehole Swimming Area. The Firehole Swimming Area was open in September for a couple weeks and at a weekend to October in 2021. It was closed for about three years prior to that due to COVID. Now, what COVID has to do with swimming in the fire hole swimming area, I have no idea. But it was closed for three years due to COVID. And in the fall of 2021, Lisa and I were driving through there and looked down there, and there were some people down there just kind of wading around the water. And I go, wow, the fire hole swimming area opened up. So the next day, it was supposed to be a pretty day, so we grabbed our swimsuit and trunks and everything, and she had never been swimming there. So we all went swimming at the fire hole swimming area. Messed around down there with, guy that would 10 people down there, because I don't think anybody knew that it was open. And then a week later, the thing was closed. So in 2022, the thing remained closed almost all year due to the historic floods in the water water. water levels being high and all that. So I understand that. They probably could have opened it later in the fall, but they just decided to keep it closed for all of 2022. And then 2023 rolls around and it doesn't open up. Doesn't open up. Doesn't open up. July comes. August comes. And so I finally went through the park and I was ran into a ranger somewhere and I go, hey, why didn't the fire hole swimming area opened up? And she told me that an osprey had built a nest Near the fire hole swimming area. And I go, okay. And I go, well, is it going to open in 2024? And she goes, I don't know. And so here's that. I, I'm not sure if I believe that or not. Because here's how ospreys work. And I've got some ospreys that live right by my cabin and go fishing on the Madison River right behind my house. I mean, it's you guys should see an osprey fish in a river, it is something to behold. They are the only bird in the world that goes in the water talons first, and the rest of the birds go in beak first, but they go in talons first. They'll sit there and flutter their wings about 20 or 30 or 40 feet above the river looking for fish. You can see them looking down, looking down, looking down, and when they spy one they want, they just fold their wings straight up in the air and drop like a rock. And they go right into the water, into the water a couple of feet. They just grab that fish, it's like death from above. The stress going, Man, what happened? And here they come, flapping their wings underwater to get back to the surface. And then they flap their wings, and they're all the water's flying everywhere and everything else. And this fish is going berserk underneath them. And then they take that fish and line it up to where they can fly straight with it. That fish isn't sideways, the head of that fish. is underneath their their head and the tail is underneath their tail and that fish is lined up and then they fly that back to their nest and and they eat it. It's a it's an amazing thing to behold. But here's what else I know about osprey. Once they establish a nest, they never relinquish it. An osprey nest never goes unused. It'll keep being used by the same group of ospreys, the same family of ospreys, over and over and over and over again. The older ones will die off, the younger ones that have been born and raised in that nest will continue to use that nest. Now, if there's more than two or three offspring, then one of those offspring will have to go make a new nest and that is what has happened at the fire hole swimming area. But that nest will continue to be used by that ospreys' offsprings from here on out. So if the truth be told that there is an osprey nest in the fire hole swimming area, near the fire hole swimming area, whatever she said, then the fire hole swimming area will never open again because that osprey nest will be occupied from here on out. It will never change. So if, if she was telling me the truth, then the fire hole swimming area is done. If she was telling me the truth that they closed the Firehole swimming area for the entirety of the 2023 season because an osprey had a nest near the swimming area, then that swimming area is finished, and so they can't go move the nest. This is a, a national park; it's natural; it's everything's nature on display. They're not going to go move that nest so the Firehole swimming area can open up. If she was telling me the truth then the Firehole Swimming Area will never open again, not in our lifetimes. So was she telling me the truth? I don't know. We're going to find out. If the Firehole Swimming Area opens in 2024, then she was lying to me. So there, there was an osprey nest. They just didn't want to open it up and spend have a ranger go spinning around there all day long. Keeping people from cliff jumping when he needs to be out doing other things. So that that is basically what I think it is. Is they're shorthanded on rangers. There's there's not enough rangers with boots on the ground. There's people doing stupid stuff all over the place, petting bison, this and that and the other. And that's where they need to be doing. And instead of sitting there parked at the firehole swimming area, keeping people from from jumping off the cliffs. So that's what I think it is. But so if it opens in 2024. She was lying to me. If it stays closed in 2024 and from here on out, she was telling me the truth. So we will see. But I've got you guys covered. I'm Teddy G has got you guys covered. In the guidebook, I have got 19 places you guys can go swimming in Yellowstone Park any time the park gates are open. From the day the park opens in the spring till the day it closes in November, you can go swimming at any of these places because they are not controlled by the National Park Service. They're just places that I have found and all my friends have found and all my locals buddies have found that we all know about, that we all go swimming in. When the fire hole area, even if it's open, it's so crowded, we never go swimming there. We go swimming at these other places. So I've got you covered and I've got 19 places we're getting ready to gloss over in the in this podcast that are listed out in detail in the guidebook that you can go swimming anytime Yellowstone National Park is open, and they're better. You're going to have them all to yourself. There are some great places, man. I'm going to get you to some badass places swimming in Yellowstone Park because Yellowstone Park has thermal activity, and these places don't exist anywhere else on earth, and I'm getting you to all of them. So let's get to all of those right now. it out, man. (laughs) That's a lot of fun. All right, so let's discuss what is hot potting in Yellowstone Park and what is not. So everybody's seen these beautiful pools and these different colors, morning glory pool and all that stuff, and so that is not hot potting. N-O-T, not hot potting. You cannot swim in a hot pool that derives its main water source from underground that water can be very acidic and just boil your skin off and it can change temperatures in a minute from tepid to to boiling before you you know what's going on and you're going to end up being dead there are a number of death stories every season about people doing stupid stuff and there's always seems to be one or two of them about people trying to swim in a hot pot and they just get their skin boiled off or or it's so acidic it just you know it eats their skin down to the bones it's nuts i mean There's a story in the guidebook I tell about this boy that jumped in Crested Pool over there by Castle Geyser. And his parents thought he fell into it, but he ended up jumping into the thing because it looks like a beautiful blue pool. It looks like a swimming pool until it starts sizzling and boiling. He jumped in there and his parents freaked out, but they got down there. They drained the pool within 20 minutes and they pulled 15 pounds of bones and clothes out of there. That was all that was left of him. You're never, ever supposed to swim in a hot pot or a hot pool that derives its main water source from underground. What is hot potting in Yellowstone Park is swimming in a stream or a river that has a hot pool or a hot pot adjacent to the river pouring its warm waters into the stream and safely away from that hot water pouring into the stream or river. People have created a hot pool area or a small little area with rocks around it kind of keeping the cold water of the river out. The warm water pours in and you adjust the temperature by allowing more Or less cold water to come into this area, that is what is called hot potting in Yellowstone Park. So, I hope everybody is clear on that, and I make that point very, very, very clear in the guidebook for you guys. So, that is what we are looking for. We are looking for a hot pool pouring its hot water into a stream where people have created a little place to go swimming and soaking. So, that's what we're hunting for. So, Let's kind of cover these area by area by area, and we might as well start over there by the Firehole Swimming Area. So if you're at Madison Junction driving down towards Old Faithful, you're going to see the turnoff for Firehole Canyon Drive, and that's where the Firehole Swimming Area, but there's no other places to go swim. And as we just went over in depth, who knows if the fire hole swimming area will ever open back up because of that Osprey being in there. So we will see. But anyway, right down the road, just a few miles from the fire hole swimming area, and you will see the turnoff for Firehole flat drive. And Firehole flat drive's got two or three things that you can go do through here as far as swimming and aquatic adventures right there. And the first of them, you'll see a little picnic area right when you turn off the road right there. And. And that is a great place. All summer long, you're going to see people having a picnic lunch right there. And the Firehole River, which is thermally heated, it's warm. It's probably it's the, what you're swimming in at the Firehole swimming area downstream. But it's heated up from all the thermal activity, all the geysers, all the pools, all the stuff upstream, Old Faithful, Grand, all of those geysers pour that steaming hot water into the Firehole River and it heats up. It's about 88, 90 degrees all summer long. So it's a great place to go swimming it's not freezing cold like you know a normal you would think a normal river would be it's actually warm hence the name firehole river but you'll see families right there having lunch kids swimming right there and you know the water's just dead calm it's about eight or ten inches deep right through there and you'll have you'll have families swimming there all t- all the time all summer long you'll drive by there and see that so that's the first spot but right up the road a little bit I've got Three more spots that you guys can go to, and one of them is right by the road. You can get in right there, and you might be swimming next to a, uh, a guy fly fishing or something like that. He might be down there, you know, thanking you for you know, scaring the fish over there to him, or you might have a bison kind of walk by the little hot pot right there. So, there's a real hot pot right over there, and I'm you know, it's all in the guidebook for you guys. I'm just kind of gloss over all this stuff real quickly, and then down at the end of the road, you have to walk a little bit and you kind of get to these. You go down there to ...towards Ojo Caliente, and you'll see Ojo Caliente on your right, and the Firehole River will kind of come in on your left and go underneath you on this little wooden bridge, and off to your left is a, a bunch of little hot pools and geysers called the River Group, and that's a, used to be a big local hangout for swimming and hot potting, however... A young girl, probably in 2015, she was a park employee up there at Old Faithful. They got a bunch of them, got drunk and high, or whatever they were doing, and decided to go hot potting over there in the river, right below the river group, right there. There's some hot pots right there, and she got killed. She got drunk or whatever and was leaving the area heading back to the car and as opposed to staying on the trail, she fell into one of the hot pools and it boiled her to death and killed her. So if you guys see that area, the, the Forest Service sometimes has a sign up that says no swimming. So if you get over there and there's a board laying on the ground attached to a log that says no swimming, then you can't go swimming over there. However, you'll see fishermen over there walking in the river. That's the rule. If you're in the the river, you're okay, and you're you're not in a pool or a hot pot. You're, but if you're in the river, you're okay. So if you're over there and you see fishermen over there, and you don't want to go over there and swim in those little hot pots next to the river group. Then you know, be my guest. But you have to stay in the river so you don't commit thermal trespass. But all up and down through here, the Firehole River is warm, slow moving easy to get in and out through there, all the way down there to that picnic area. You can basically swim anywhere you want through in this area. But in the guidebook, I've got the three places where I have swam and where I recommend you swim right below some hot springs and hot pools and stuff where people have created some hot pots. So down the road a little bit further and we will get to the biscuit basin area just and it's just short of old faithful it's north of old faithful a couple of miles and there is about three things you can do from this biscuit basin parking lot but at the biscuit basin parking lot the river again goes dead slow right through here and you will also see people out there swimming i mean they'll have little infants little toddlers they'll set out in three or four inches of water in the fire hole river right here and step back and take a picture of it it's a really dead flat calm smooth area right adjacent to Biscuit Basin, and all the hot pools are just slightly upstream across the river, pouring tons of hot water right into the river. Now, adults will cross over the river right there in the water. You can't go up across the bridge and cut, cut across, or you'll again be committing thermal trespass. You can't do that, but you can walk across the shallow water, and you'll see over there on the opposite bank, there'll be a little stream of hot water coming out of one of the pools right into the Firehole River, and you'll see a bunch of rocks stacked up around it. And that's another hot pot. That's a hot pot that people have created right there. Now, one of my favorite hot pots Listed in the guidebook. I'm not going to keep throwing everything, all my great spots in the here, out here in this podcast. You guys got to get a guidebook to, to get them all. But in a short 15-minute walk, there are two hot pots that are absolutely my favorites in all of Yellowstone Park next to the ones at the base of Dunanda Falls. So these are really great. They're in the guidebook got to get a guidebook to figure out where they are and how to get down there but one of them has this really great little bush and this big rock you can change clothes behind and then the hot pot's right behind you and i mean this river comes flowing down right there next to you i tell you how you can frolic around in this huge 100 foot waterfall and the water on that's thermally heated there's a hot pot at the top there's all kinds of fun stuff to do over there but all of this information for you guys and pictures is in the guidebook and you guys also got to remember we've videos of all these things if anybody that buys a guidebook you'll find a qr code in the back of the guidebook and you scan that qr code and when you're reading the guidebook and you see the little youtube icon in there when i'm talking about a hot pot you can go to that private youtube page and click on that icon and see a video of that hot pot That's how that private YouTube page works, but it's only available to those of you who purchase a guidebook. So, all right, so that's kind of it in this one little area. So let's cover the area of road from Madison Junction north to Norris yet, because there's a couple of really good places to go swimming and hot potting there. Plus, I want to play a little more music. (laughs) Okay. I, swear. I haven't listened to the Beach Boys in a long time It's really kind of fun So, Alright, so back up north a little bit So if you're at Madison Junction You're coming from West Yellowstone to Madison Junction And you go to Madison Junction You're heading north to Norris. So a few miles up the road from Madison Junction And you will find my favorite swimming spot in all of Yellowstone Park and there was a fabulous picture of me in the guidebook and there are some fabulous videos that you guys have posted of you guys in this area too and this has turned out to be probably the most popular spot for people to go swimming in a river. Now this is not hot potting, this is swimming in a thermally heated river and it's at the base of Gibbon Falls. And in the guidebook, I tell you where you need to park, there's some restrooms to change clothes, where you can find the trail, how difficult the trail is, and all that kind of stuff. And this trail is a little more difficult to get to, and I kind of tell you all about all this stuff in there, because you're in the water, out of the water, in the water, out of the water to get up there. And so it may not be suitable for small kids. We kind of went over some that were suitable for small kids earlier, but... At the base of Gibbon Falls is a magical spot. It's really cool, and it's and it's not that difficult to get up there to it. But you guys just go online and look at all the videos we've got on there. It's, it's really cool. You're just standing there in front of Gibbon Falls. You're not taking a picture of Gibbon Falls from the platform up there with everybody else, like the other 500 or 1,000 suckers. You're in Gibbon Falls. You're living it. You are living a great story in Yellowstone Park. You're exploring Yellowstone like a local in the base of Gibbon Falls with hot water warm water pouring all over you it is so cool and there's a couple really nice little pools to just swim and wait in right there it is unreal this has turned out to be probably the most popular spot to go swimming in Yellowstone Park from the people that buy the guidebook and all the information about where it is how you get to it where you need to park everything else is in the guidebook for you guys it is so cool wait till you guys see the picture so and right up the road a few miles, a new addition to the guidebook for the 2024 season. I've kind of held back on this spot, but since the fire hole has been closed basically for the last six years and it looks like it may be closed perpetually on I added some in there that I've known about that I didn't put in the guidebook previously. So there's a spot up the road a few miles that is a wonderful spot. I've got a picture of and a video of me in this spot. And you guys won't believe it, but this used to be one of the most popular stops in all of Yellowstone Park. But what has happened is is the trees have grown up there's some huge parking areas for multiple cars for 15 or 20 cars in one 15 or 20 cars in the other one but nobody ever stops there but you can't see what you're supposed to be looking at because the trees have all grown up and the the forest service the park service not going to go saw down a bunch of trees so you guys can get a better view that's just not the way it works in the national park you have to know what's back there and in the guidebook, I'll tell you where you're parking, how to find the trail, where you're going, how easy it is, how short the distance is, and all that kind of stuff, and where the pools are. You can see a picture of me in one of the pools. And you're basically in a, a waterfall, not like it is at Gibbon Falls downstream where it's straight down, but it's more like a you know cascading waterfall with a multiple different pools that multiple different people can get in and swim. And then there's this really crazy rock right there that you guys get to go take a picture of. And and all of this stuff used to be one of the most popular stops in Yellowstone Park. But the trees have grown up so thick and so heavy that you can't see any of this now from the road. And when you come out of there, out of this spot that I've got you guys going through in the guidebook, you're going to come out of there wearing your bathing suit all soaking wet and everything else and all this stuff. And people are going to drive by and look at you like you're absolutely nuts. It's crazy. It happens to me every time. I had some guy turn around and swung back last fall. Lisa and I were out there swimming in it and messing around and you know, it's beautiful day and everything else. The water's probably... 80 degrees 85 degrees it's not quite as warm as a fire hole but if you catch a hot sunny day it's perfect it's great it's really refreshing it's great you can stay there for an hour and have the water pour it all over you and give you a back massage and everything else it's really cool but anyway this guy come out of there and lisa comes out of there we're just soaking wet head to toe you know we got all our towels and everything in the back of the car the car's right there this guy spins around and comes back over there and turns around and this you know this guy and this girl they go hey what are you guys doing? And, uh, you know, I told him and he goes, no kidding. And I said, yeah, I explained to him what it was and all this kind of stuff. And I said, hey, man, I'm Teddy Garland. I read this really cool guidebook. And he goes, man, we've been listening to some of your podcasts. But we haven't bought a guidebook yet. And I said, well, if you buy a guidebook and next year, we're going to put this in it. And he goes, man. He goes, we don't have time to do that today, but when we come back next year, we're going to hit that. And I said, yeah, it's great. It's really cool. And I said, there'll be pictures in the guidebook, videos posted to the whole nine yards. So he goes, man, thanks. Thanks for the news. He goes, you got great podcasts. Nonetheless, and all this stuff. So buy a guidebook, man. That's what you need. The guidebook, the guidebook tells you everything you need to know to pull off these great days in Yellowstone Park. These podcasts are just a place for me to gloss over everything and tell you guys some funny stories. So anyway, so that's those are two that are up there between the road from Madison Junction to Norris. And that second one is a brand new addition for the 2024 season. So let's cover a new addition for the 2024 season over by Yellowstone Lake next. And we're going to grab the kids' attention again and switch up our uh, music here for a second, but it's still going to be some fun stuff. Beautiful world, all right. Tell you, throw a little Devo in there. I'm telling you, Yellowstone Park makes it a beautiful world, man. You guys are going to have a beautiful day doing all this hot potting and swimming in Yellowstone Park. I promise you, Just listed listening in the guidebook for you guys, so yeah, I thought I'd throw a little Devo in there. Those two brothers actually made a millions of dollars running some computer programs, of all things, but no surprise to anybody that's ever heard Devo. I loved Devo back in the day. I saw them in concert numerous times. They were really good, but anyway, we'll throw some more fun stuff in here in a second. So, over at Yellowstone Lake, so... If you guys get to Yellowstone Park in... May, early when the park opens up, the third Friday in April and May and all the way up until the third or fourth week in May and even into June, you drive over there to Yellowstone Lake and the whole thing is just frozen solid. I mean, it's just sheet of ice. You can damn near drive a car out across the thing. And so, yeah, the, the, the winters are really, really long in Yellowstone and they are very, very, very short. Yellowstone Lake is basically frozen solid for eight or nine months out of the year and thawed out for three or four months out of the year. And I know that doesn't sound really conducive to swimming, but in the guidebook, I've got a spot where you guys can get over there on the northeast shore. Of Yellowstone Lake And I just kind of stumbled onto this place God, 25 years ago Because we were launching a boat over there And I kind of took Lisa over there last year I was kind of checking it out Before I put it in the guidebook And I wanted to do a podcast on it And I said, man, I think there's a spot over there That would be really good to go swim in Yellowstone Lake She goes, there's no way That thing's freezing And I go, let's go check it out So we went over there and checked it out And sure enough, there's a big hot spring over there That pours its water into Yellowstone Lake and we walked out there in Yellowstone Lake the beach is gorgeous because it's real smooth pebbles and all this kind of stuff and black sand The because it's in you're in the caldera it's all still lava stone and all that kind of stuff but it's all been chewed down to nothing it's all real soft it's like a black sand beach in Hawaii over there and everybody just drives right past this coming from Cody and all that kind of stuff and nobody ever stops so we pulled over there and stopped found this spot Walked through the water a little bit, and sure enough, the water is just you know 90 or 100 degrees. And so we messed around with it, and you kind of placed a couple of rocks here and there, and all that kind of stuff, and said. This will work. This will absolutely hunt. And so Lisa goes, yeah, that'll work. I promise you. So, you know, and she goes, I can sit out here and throw a blanket down and lay out on this black sand beach because the sun kind of gets attracted down there to that black sand beach. And, and I go, yeah, these people could show up there and get a picnic lunch. Mom can lay out on a towel right there and catch some rays and get a suntan while the kids are playing in the water right there, the warm water, because this spring flows all this warm water in right there. And uh, Lisa goes, yeah. And so that's what we did. We put it in the guidebook for the 2024 season, where it is, what you're looking for, where you need to park and all that stuff. And even where you guys can pick up a blanket you guys can throw down on the beach and take home with you guys. There's a lot of cool souvenirs in Yellowstone Park. But there's some really cool souvenirs, some Pendleton blankets that are collector's items that they have out every year, but there's only a handful of places to get them in the park, but one of them happens to be down over there at Fishing Bridge, and I kind of tell you guys where it is, so you guys can grab a really cool Pendleton blanket and you know have a really cool Yellowstone souvenir that's easy to pack and easy to get home and isn't going to get broke and have that thing with you so it's really cool but yeah you guys can throw down there and picnic lunch and kids can frolic around in warm water but i'm telling you if you get out of this little area that i've got described in the guidebook if you guys man that lake's about 37 degrees man it is freaking cold but people think you're crazy driving by there but uh you know before i put it in the guidebook and before i'm telling you guys about it right here lisa and i Went over there and checked it out, so it, it's really, really cool. But that's a big addition for the guidebook for 2024 is swimming over there in Yellowstone Lake at this one spot I have found for you guys. So, And continuing on with this podcast, all the rest of the hot pots and everything are down on the southern end of Yellowstone Park. And they basically start at the middle of the park, just near the south entry, and go west towards the Beckler area in the southwest corner of the park. So let's kind of jump into that next. And uh, I'm going to cover one of them real quick before we hear some more cool music. And so I feel like a DJ. And so the one I want to cover next is Moose Falls. And Moose Falls is a really, really cool little swimming spot. And I've been swimming in Moose Falls for, God, 55 years. And my dad took me there, and he said his dad took him there. So it's just like the fire hole swimming area. My family's been swimming in there for over 100 years, and we got turned on by this place by all of the Allen family back in there in Jackson Hole because my granddad knew Dick Allen's dad and the kids and all that stuff. And they went in there and they'd go, Hey, let's go swimming at Moose Falls. And, you know, so my dad, as a young kid, got drug up there by Dick Allen's grandkids, and. They all went swimming at Moose Falls, and it's really, really cool, and it's got thermally heated water. Crawfish Creek comes over Moose Falls, drops in right there, big pool right down there. It's easy to get to. It's easy to get in and out. It's really a great spot. It's really cool, and you're swimming. In this nice deep pool right at the base of the 30 foot falls. It's really, really cool. So, and I've seen videos of kids jumping off the top of the falls into this pool, but I think that's crazy. You can't see rocks and stuff underneath there because the water's all churned up and everything. So, I say in the guidebook, I do not recommend anybody do this. So, but, and then for some odd reason, in the 2023 season, all summer long, some of you guys went and tried to go swim at Moose Falls down there. And The Park Service had a sign up there that said no swimming. And that's the first time in my life, that's the first time I've ever heard about Moose Falls being closed to swimming. And they had a sign up there that says protecting the natural resources. So I don't know if that's going to be open in 2024 or not. You guys are going to have to swing by there and look. I mean, I've gone by Moose Falls. A thousand times and I've never in my life seen that sign until twenty twenty three. And you know, it's and it's just in an odd spot. If Moose Falls is really pretty just to go see on its own, it's really, really cool. It's a great little short hike for little hikers. They can get right down to the falls and all that for a great picture. And I cover all that in the hiking chapter in the guidebook, but it's just in an odd spot. It's just about two blocks north of the South Entry Gate from Yellowstone Park and people are, you know, waiting in line to get in that entry gate that are coming up from Jackson and all that stuff. And then they're getting into the park and they're just getting up to speed and right then the the parking lot for moose falls is right there on the right and everybody just blows right by it so but you can't see it from the road so but it's really a good spot, but I'm telling you guys, I've never in my life seen that sign until last year. So will it be open in 2024? I hope so. There's no reason for it not to be. So, I mean, there's it's not like it's a safety concern or something like that. And you're just going down there where people are walking in anyway, and you're getting in the water right there, and then you're getting out right where people are standing and take a picture. It's not like you're damaging the resources swimming in that pool right there at the base of Moose Falls. So I don't know. Who knows? But, uh, so, but anyway, moose Falls is worth a stop in its own right, so all right, so here on out we're going to cover everything that is over in what is called the Beckler region of Yellowstone Park, and the Beckler region of Yellowstone Park is hands down my favorite part of Yellowstone Park, and it is home to some fantastic places to hot pot and swim, really, really, really cool the places to go hot potting and swimming. I'm going to get you guys in great hot pots. I'm going to get you guys to base of huge waterfalls. We're going to jump off a cliff legally into a pool right there below a little waterfall. We're going to go up and go behind a big waterfall and come out the other side that has thermally heated water coming off of it. 110 foot waterfall you can go behind and pop out the other side. We're getting ready to get into some cool stuff and it's all in what is called the Beckler region of Yellowstone Park that 99.9% of people that visit Yellowstone Park don't even know exists. So we're going to get into that right after we hear some more (laughs) real really cool music. <laughs> That song's got some cool lyrics in it. You guys ought to look those up. That is Devo, Girl You Want. I'm telling you. They were really good, man. I love Devo. I hauled a VHS camera on my shoulder once and shot a whole concert of them at the Civic Center here in Oklahoma City back then when you could do that kind of stuff, man. It was really, really cool. So, All right, so let's talk about all these really cool hot pots. And These are the best hot pots in the world we're getting ready to cover, you guys. there are some amazing things. Down in this Beckler region of Yellowstone Park, and I bet ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the five million people that visit Yellowstone Park don't even know this area exists. But it is my favorite part of the park. I bet less than two or three thousand people a year get down into the Beckler region because it's hiking only. You have to walk to get to everything. I predict one day that they'll they'll put a tram system or build some roads or something to get everybody down into the great things in this Beckler area. I mean, 80% of the park's waterfalls are down there, you guys. It's unreal. I mean, you think the rest of Yellowstone Park's badass? The Beckler area's got it in spades. I'm telling you, it is the place to go in Yellowstone Park. But it's hiking only. So let's get into covering all the places you can go swimming and hot potting in the Beckler region. I'm going to kind of cover these from distance from your car. We're going to go the shortest to the longest. And so let's get into that this first. So the first one is along the ground. Grassy Lake Flag Ranch Road. And This is also a road that very few people know even exists, but it's one of the roads I recommend you guys in the guidebook take to get down to the Tetons or come back from the Tetons after you would visit the Grand Tetons for a day. It's a gorgeous road. It's a dirt road most of the way. It's a little bit rough in spots, but it's beautiful. You get the great views of the north edge of the Tetons. It circumnavigates right along the south edge of Yellowstone Park. There's beautiful huge Pad covered lakes and the aspens in the fall are just on fire through here, and I bet this road sees less than 500 cars a year, and there's 10,000 cars a day enter Yellowstone Park. It, it but it's killer, and I cover all that in the guidebook for you guys. So, but the first thing you guys are going to come to along that grassy lake, Flag Ranch Road, going from say the south entrance because we were over there by Moose Falls, going back west. Towards Ashton is the trailhead to Terrace Falls, and you're not going to swim in Terrace Falls, but Terrace Falls is a little one-way trail to get down there. I cover it in the hiking chapter in the guidebook. It's a great hike for little kids, but this kind of gives you the first glimpse of what the Beckler area is all about because it's all wet. And it's like you went into Olympic National Park up in Washington. Everything's wet. There's ferns growing everywhere. and These huge, multicolored, weird-shaped mushrooms are all up and down the trail. And that's what Beckler is. Beckler is so different than the rest of Yellowstone Park. It's very, very wet. It sits on the west side of the Continental Divide, and all this water pours down in there. And I'm not going to get into how, you know, the mosquitoes and all that stuff and when you should go, because it's all covered in the guidebook. But it's just, so different than the rest of Yellowstone Park. You guys can't believe believe it when you're in it. It's really, really impressive. So, But along the way to Terrace Falls, you'll come to this place called Cascade Acres. And Cascade Acres is where this little stream just fans out 30 or 40 feet wide in spots to where it's like a half inch or an inch deep. And you can walk out there and Sit down and frolic around in it a little bit. It's great for little kids. Little kids love to get out there, man. You got a little kid standing there and you got this stream spilling around all his shoes and everything else, where you know he's barefoot or take his shoes off if you want. And there's, you can sit down and this water just pours around you at Cascade Acres. It's really, really hip. And, uh, but then the payoff, you can go on down to Terrace Falls. And Terrace Falls is this unbelievably beautiful fall that just goes in this little tiny canyon of all these hoodoo rocks. There's only three places in the park to find these weird hoodoo rocks, and that's up at Tower, and then along the road, right past Golden Gate Canyon, like you're heading down to Mammoth, there's a little spot of it right there where all the horses used to get spooked. There was more people killed in the park in this one little block-long section of road than the rest of the park combined when horses were the main mode of transportation because the horses got all spooked. But then it's down at Terraced Falls is where the rest of these hoodoos are. And this river goes right through the middle of these hoodoos and this And you can sit right on the edge of this little tiny canyon. It's only about 40 or 50 feet wide, and the river's about 15 or 20 feet below you, just cascading down terrace after terrace after terrace and pool after pool after pool. It's it's a magnificent spot. It's beautiful. It's simply a gorgeous area, and it's an easy, short hike suitable for the smallest hiker in your group, and I cover all of that in the hiking chapter. So, also, along this road, a little further west, and you'll see the turnoff for Loon Lake. And Loon Lake, it goes back in there a few blocks. It kind of gets a little rough in spots, and I kind of tell you, you got to have a truck or a high clearance vehicle or a rental car to get back to the main parking lot, or you got to walk a couple more blocks. So, anyway, that's kind of how I term that deal. I mean, you can get through there if you're, you're willing and able to drive a rental car back there. It's pretty easy to get back through this one little slot area where it kind of gets rutted out a little bit but you know you guys can handle it i promise you but off this loon lake turnoff back over there is the quickest easiest access to union falls and scout creek and union falls is the cover shot for the guidebook So you guys can see how badass Union Falls is. Union Falls is the largest double falls on Earth. Two streams meet simultaneously and cascade down, meet and cascade down right behind you. I mean, you can get right up in the falls. It's really cool. Now, the water coming off Union Falls is freezing cold. It is ice cold, so it better be a really warm day. But you can get right down on this big rock, and it's basically the cover shot for the guidebook. I was down there in 1980 with two really good friends of mine and one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken in my entire life in Yellowstone Park is of me and a buddy of mine named John Robbins and Skip Gregoth, two really, really, really good friends of mine who always came up there with me and always loved to go hiking in Yellowstone Park. And we got back to Union Falls and we're standing on this big rock that's right in front of the falls, and we're just sitting there and we're just happy as larks. Just these huge grins on our faces and everything else. And life couldn't be any better. Um like that Devo song, it is a beautiful world. And when you're hiking to these spots, I get you guys too, and getting in these big falls. It is a beautiful, beautiful world. You will absolutely love it. So, but yeah, Union Falls cover shot for the guidebook. And Just about a block away from Union Falls is Scout Creek and Scout Creek has 99 degree water in it basically all year long. So you can go visit Union Falls and then get over to Scout Creek, and Scout Creek's sitting over there, and you can cliff jump into Scout Creek. There's this little 10-foot cliff and this little 10-foot waterfall and a big pool right at the base of it. In fact, a ranger first showed me that back in about 1975 or so when I got back in there and took me back there, and this ranger was at the camp site for Union Falls, and he goes, "Hey." Been swimming back at Scout Creek and I said no. And he goes, "Come on." Showed me the whole deal, showed me all the ins and out and all that stuff when I went swimming with some ranger back here in God, 1975. It's really cool and as far as I know, this is the only place you can legally still cliff jump in Yellowstone Park, so, and it's way back in there. You can get to Union Falls, Scout Creek, about four hours. you got to ford a couple small creeks right through there, and then there's a second way to get back to Union Falls, but it involves about a thousand foot climb. The way I like to go is dead flat and level the entire way, but you have to ford a couple of cold creeks right there, but they're only calf deep, and it's kind of fun to watch the people fording over ice cold stream getting to their destination. Plus, I think it's a great place to cool your feet off after hiking during a hot day or something like that so but Union Falls and Scout Creek are both accessed via that grassy lake flag ranch road that runs from Ashton over to just south of the south entrance and again like I mentioned earlier it is a great way to get to or from the Tetons for people that have been in the park a number of times, but have never been on that road, it's an easy way to get to and from the Grand Tetons down there. It's a really interesting drive, beautiful drive. You'll see elk along the way. It's it's really pretty. It's a really, really gorgeous drive, even if you're not going to go swimming and hot and stuff and, and bomb up to uh, Union Falls and Scout Creek and all that stuff. And then so the next group we're going to talk about is accessed from a road just a little bit north of here. So like if you're originating, from the west end over at Ashton, Idaho, which is just outside the southwest corner of Yellowstone Park, then you would come in the Flag Ranch Road, and then just a hair north of there is the road that goes to the Beckler Ranger Station and Cave Falls. So, let's cover all of those next, and then we're going to hear some more really fun music right through here, too. So, I'm having fun doing this, man. (laughs) Thank you. Frame Design in Glasgow. The tech is Belenese. Yeah, that's a little Donald Fagan. People that don't know who Donald Fagan is, just think of Steely Dan, and you'll see where those licks come from right there. But yeah, that's really nice to listen to, isn't it? So, All right, so let's get into... All of these really amazing hot pots, the most amazing hot pots, swimming areas in the world, are located in Beckler, and they all originate from the Beckler Ranger Station. So again, let's kind of go closest to the furthest. And the closest one to the Beckler Ranger Station is what I consider the best in the world. And that is Dunanda Falls. And Dunanda Falls is an old Indian name meaning straight down in these 110-foot falls with thermally heated water coming off them no less, pour right in front of you, and people have created about eight or nine hot pots that you can just jump in. And the falls are just a torrent of thunder right in front of you, literally 30 or 40 feet away. It is an incredible spot. The back cover for the guidebook is Lisa and I sitting in a hot pot, and you can kind of see our feet sticking out of the water, and Dunana Falls pouring straight down right behind us. It is a magical spot, you guys, and this is the fall where you can go back behind it and swing around the other side. And it is just unreal. You guys Google up some pictures and stuff of dunanda falls it is top notch it's one of the coolest places on planet earth and i tell you how to get there and i tell you which campsites you need to get because it's nine miles from beckler ranger station now a lot of people i bet 80 85 almost 90 percent of the people that get back to dunanda falls day hike it And they get in there, they spend an hour or so, and then hot potting and messing around and all the falls and everything else. Then they walk back out. But, I mean, that is a big, big bite. That is 18 miles in one day. and. You know, people just do it all the time, man. Like I saw a guy do it barefoot about five years ago. It's crazy. So, But anyway, I like to camp out. I want to go to Union Falls. I want to get in a hot pot. I want to sit there and relax. The last time I was up there, Lisa and I were sitting in a hot pot right there, and I fell asleep for about an hour and a half in a hot pot right at the base of Dunanda Falls. That's what I want to do is sit there and relax and enjoy all this stuff. I don't want to just bomb in there and bomb out because I have to get out before it gets dark or something like that and get to the car. So I always like to camp out. I give you all the information if you can't which campsite you want. And if you can't get that one campsite because it is very, very difficult to get people in the know that visit Beckler area know which ones are the best campsites and I tell you that in the guidebook, but you got a lot of people jostling for those really, really good campsites. So if you can't get the one that's listed in the guidebook, I give you alternative ones to get and I also tell you which ones not to get because you definitely don't want to go. Past the falls, and I give you all the ins and out about that in the guidebook for you guys. So, and right adjacent to Union Falls is Silver Scarf Falls, and Silver Scarf gets its name because it is a three hundred foot long cascade of water plummeting down a slope, a never ending slope. It kind of just bebops down through on this long slope, and there is literally. 100 degree water coming down that slope all the time now this is a really kind of secret hot pot this is this one's kind of hard to find and if you don't know where you're going up and down that 300 foot tall slope you're never going to find it but we've got the directions how to find it in the guidebook and everything else we got a picture we got video shot in there and everything else and so the trail getting to it is is very hard to find. So all the information on how to get to the hot pot along Silver Scarf is in the guidebook. Otherwise, you guys got about a one in 10 chance of finding that thing. So, But those are the closest ones to the Beckler Ranger Station, and they are nine miles, and that is a huge bite in one day. So I recommend you guys do it as an overnight, but you guys, if you guys are feeling frisky, if you guys are young and spry and all that yada yada, you guys can do it as a day hike. So the next set is on up into the Beckler Canyon. And the Beckler Canyon, you guys, is, is indescribably beautiful. It, it's just gorgeous. There is just waterfall after waterfall after waterfall after waterfall after cascade after cascade. And You're walking along this trail. Even after August and into September, the trail is, is super wet. Huge ferns as wide as you can hold your arms out. Giant ferns along the trail. And huge, colorful mushrooms just. Everywhere, And then there's huckleberries growing along the trail. I mean, you can grab huckleberries. Everybody hears all the huckleberry stuff up there in Yellowstone and all that kind of stuff. There's huckleberries growing wild on the trail. You can just reach down and grab some with your hand and start eating real huckleberries walking along the trail. This place is magical. There's moose everywhere and elk everywhere. It's unreal. I'm telling you guys, this Beckler Canyon's got it going on. When I was back there with Skip Gray, I mentioned Skip Gregath earlier on the first big hike. I tell you guys, I do a podcast called The First Big Hike. When we got back in there, got us back in 1980s, 90s, right through there, and uh, we kind of got overmatched, and we didn't really know how far it was, and all this kind of stuff. There weren't any real good hiking maps and guidebooks back then, so we we're just kind of winging it. But anyway, we got back down through there, and you kind of got to get off the trail to see some of these falls, like Colonnade and Iris, and some of these beautiful falls. And we got back there, and Colonnade's this gorgeous double falls and we've got a wonderful picture of it in the guidebook and you can go swimming in there's there's thermal activity upstream this river is not as warm as hot pots like at the base of den Andi or something like that it doesn't have 99 degree water like silver scarf but it is warm it's not just freezing cold it's probably 80 degrees 85 degrees I mentioned my buddy Skip Gregith a minute ago, and when we were hiking through here, God, this back in the 80s, and this is our first big hike in Yellowstone Park, and there weren't any good maps or, or trail guides or, or anything else to let you know what you're kind of getting into. So we we were kind of overwhelmed on this hike, but we would got back to the Beckler area for the very first time, and it was just simply gorgeous in that canyon and everything. Skip and I got on the little trail to go down there to see Colonnade Falls. There's a beautiful spot that the Park Service got a trail right where you can see both the falls coming down and we get down there and there's this guy and this girl down there swimming in the in the base of the falls. Just man, just loving life. It's a beautiful, warm day and everything else. And there's a moose over there on the opposite side over there eating grass. So they're in there swimming with a moose. I'm telling you guys, this place is flat ass got it going on. It's unreal. So not only can you swim anywhere in the Beckler River coming down through there at the base of these big falls and stuff like that. You know, you've got all these other hot pots and all this other stuff to do. So if you keep going up the Beckler Canyon all the way up to this place called Three Rivers Junction, and Three Rivers Junction garnishes its name because it's got three streams that kind of come in from different little angles, and they meet right where you camp out. And this is about 16 miles from the ranger station, so you have to overnight it. But I give you the tricks about how we do it. We always stop short and I give you the campsites we use. That way we drop our packs. Hike up there, go visit Three Rivers Junction area, and I'll get ready to cover all the stuff that's in there. And then we hike back out to our our campsite because you can go twice as fast without a pack on. It's just the way it is. You can walk twice as fast without a pack on than you can with thirty or forty pounds stuck on your back. So, but I cover all that in the guidebook, in which campsites you really want and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I cover a hike in the hiking chapter in the guidebook that involves starting all the way up at Old Faithful and swings down through Shoshone and comes down through Three Rivers Junction. Mr. Bubbles goes visits all that stuff of their union, Scout Creek and all that. And this has been listed as one of the top five hikes on planet earth for a millennia. I'm telling you guys for decades. And I mean, it's right up there with hiking the Great Wall of China. This is one of the greatest hikes on earth. And I give that one hike to you guys, this one multi-day hike of all the campsites you need and everything else in the hiking chapter in the guidebook. I'm telling you, people come from all over the world to do this hike. Italy, London, Paris, everywhere. They come from all over the world to do this multi-day hike, and I've got it listed for you guys in the guidebook. It's really, really cool. All the campsites you need, how long it's going to take, how you can do it with llamas, and all that stuff's in the hiking chapter in the guidebook. So I'm not going to belabor the point here. But you swing through this area. So at Three Rivers Junction, I tell you where you can find Ragged Falls. And Ragged Falls is one of the three streams that meets down there to form the Beckler River. And so these three streams come down. One of them is ice cold. One of them's kind of medium warm. But the stream that where Ragged Falls is, is 95 degrees, 98 degrees. It's great. And I've got this spot where you can sit at the base of Ragged Falls and water pours on your back and it just you get this great back massage. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool. And then, topped off, the icing on the cake of this whole thing is... The largest hot pot on planet Earth is Mr. Bubbles. And Mr. Bubbles is located on a spur trail from the Three Rivers Junction area. And I tell you where you're going to get to Mr. Bubbles and all that. So Mr. Bubbles is unreal. There's a great picture in the guidebook and I tell you how it works and that goes by the Ferris Fort, goes right next to it. And then, yeah, I have seen people get married in Mr. Bubbles. I mean, you've got this thing... The pool is about 40 feet wide or so. It's all the way around. It's just a big circle. And there's this air vent right in the middle of it just going crazy, running bubbles everywhere. And it's got a hot spring pouring hot water into it on the side, hence the name Mr. Bubbles. I mean, I have seen a preacher and two people getting married and the, you know, the bride and groom and all the people. And then the parents are all out there in the water, in Mr. Bubbles, getting married. Mr. Bubbles has got it going on, you guys. I'm telling you, it is unreal. So yeah, you can have a ball and then pass Mr. Bubbles. There's a number of hot pools and stuff past Mr. Bubbles and more waterfalls that aren't shown on any trail guide maps, but I tell you guys about how to get all to these in the guidebook. So, I mean, it is unbelievable. This, the Beckler area of Yellowstone Park to me, is my favorite area of Yellowstone Park, but you can only access it during certain months of the year because it's super muddy, and at some points in time, the mosquitoes can be so bad, they will carry off a small child. I'm telling you guys, I've had to put so much deed on back through there. It took me three days to get my head cleared up when I got back to the cabin. I mean, I was seeing double for about three days. I had so much deed on. But anyway, yeah, the whole area of... The Beckler area is is just unreal. And one day, somebody's going to figure out, Cam Sholley, Sarah Davis, the the head ranger for Yellowstone Park, and then Cam Sholley's the head superintendent of Yellowstone Park. Somebody's going to figure out a way to get people back there easily without walking, whether it be a tram system or it be a road system somehow to get back there. Because of the five million people that visit Yellowstone Park, I was like I said, if a couple of thousand get back there a year, that's that's probably about it. I really. But if you could get A million people back there and go see these great things, then that would alleviate so much pressure on the rest of the park because it is the most beautiful area in Yellowstone Park. It's not to be missed. But since 1872, it's been only a hiking area only, and it's still that today. I like it being a hiking area. And I think it's great that the only way you get back to these things is to hike back to them. And when you get to them, you usually have them entirely to yourselves. That that's the beauty of it, that there's not that many people back there you know when they do get a road built back to denanda and they do get a road built back up to the mouth of the the beckler canyon so they can get up and go see colonnade niris falls and all the other falls up through there and with easily with just a 20 or 30 minute walk versus you know seven or eight miles to get up into the canyon right through there Or a road up to Union Falls and Scout Creek and all that stuff. You know, I I think it'll be a sad day because I like to go hiking. I like the peace and solitude hiking gives me in the backcountry. And so if you guys want to get back to some of these areas, then you guys should have a Beckler on your list. If you guys don't mind doing a, a little hiking, a little walking, it's flatter than a pancake back there. It's all really flat. That's why it stays wet all the time. It doesn't drain real well. But if you guys have a day in your Yellowstone vacation, you kind of seen everything in the May park and you want to go back there and you can throw a bathing suit and a camp towel and a little rucksack and a little water and something to snack on, then you guys are set. You can go back there and do it. And everything you need to go pull off one of these really cool, great days, hot potting and swimming in the Beckler area of Yellowstone Park is listed in the guidebook. And I'm telling you, if the rest of Yellowstone Park that you guys see, if you guys think it's so beautiful, it's a ten out of ten. Well everything down in Beckler's a twelve out of ten. That that's how pretty everything is down in Beckler down there. It's an absolutely gorgeous, beautiful area with great views of the Tetons as you're walking along and all this stuff. It's it's just too cool. So And with that, we have covered all the places you guys can go swimming and hot potting in Yellowstone Park, and you can visit these areas anytime the park is open. You don't have to wait for the park service to open any of these areas. So let's kind of discuss that a little bit. So like in 2023, in the spring of 2023, I mentioned earlier all the snowfall. It was the third highest snow total, and a lot of the snows came late. So a lot of you guys had contacted me that tried to go swimming at some of these areas, and you guys said, man, the rivers were just really And so, it's because we had... Four or five feet of snow in Mar- into March and first to April, and it all melted really quickly. So the rivers were real high in May and into June, much higher than they normally would be. But if you've got any questions about, if you got like little kids and you want to go do some of these hot pots and some of these things and some of the streams and rivers and all this kind of stuff, then you need to have dad go check it out first. Walk dad, dad walk up there and go check everything out and make sure it's okay, and then walk back and then you know let's go or let's don't go, but. You know that was kind of a an abnormal year last year because we had such heavy, deep snowfalls late in the spring, and it just caused all the rivers and stuff to overflow and be much much higher months later than they normally would be but you know if dad's got some small kids you want to go check everything out before you you know take off once you get to the spot i get where you're getting in the water you know dad walk upstream a little bit and go check it out or dad go check out the the waterfall and make sure it's okay and all that kind of stuff so just you know use your common sense look into it a little bit so and but you know normally God, that was the third highest snow total in history, and so you know that's that's just a rarity, you guys. That's just going to be a rarity. But you know, anyway, just just use your best judgment and check it all out and go from there. So, and that gives you guys nineteen different places that you guys can go swimming and hot potting in Yellowstone Park. And you guys can, like I said, you can guys do them anytime the park is open. They're and they're great. They're wonderful places. And everything you need to know to get to all nineteen of them is listed in the guidebook for you guys, where you park where the trailhead is how far it is what you're going to get into pictures of them all everything's in the guidebook for you guys so all right so that's about it you guys have a great time swimming and hot potting in yellowstone park and i will be there i practice what i preach dad and i go swimming in those things all summer long we catch a nice warm day we're out there doing it we're out there messing around and i've got three or four others in my hip pocket that I haven't even put in the guidebook yet, so you know I'm telling you, man. I get out there and get amongst them, Dad. You're not. There's no moss growing under my feet. I promise you. What there is growing under my feet is some nice warm water while I sit there and soak in a hot pot, looking at a big waterfall out in front of me. That's what's. That's what's growing under my feet. What my ass is sitting on in a really nice warm hot pot on a beautiful day. That's what I like to go do. You guys have a great time in your aquatic adventures in Yellowstone Park, and I will see you in the water and you know i'm getting ready to play some more music <laughs> here we go <laughs> Nice, a little more Donald Fagan there for you guys, man. That's really cool. I guess if I get sued by Brian Wilson or the Devo brothers or Gerald from Devo or Donald Fagan, I guess I can take them all hot pot in Yellowstone Park and make some amends. So I hope I don't get sued, but I guess I, I can. i always take them into the park and show them around a little bit and uh, you know get in their good graces again. So, but uh, yeah, let's finish off the rest of that song. I'm just going to let this roll. You guys are done with this podcast. You want to hear the, the rest of this? A uh, great song tomorrow's girls by Donald. Like all of the that big. That's what I like to listen to when I'm driving through Yellowstone Park. You guys have a great time. See you later.